Welcome to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil. I guess I was the only one who wanted to get a little guardsy today after a guards fest over the weekend. I'm I'm ready for baseball, guys. It's snowy out there. I could use a little AZ, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Gab. Arizona for sure. Um, definitely. I, I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't pull up Google Flights this weekend throughout all this snow and just take a peek at what it looks like to get from Cleveland to Arizona within the next couple of weeks to a month. So we'll have to see what happens there. But how was Gab Fest? Do, or it Guards was. Fest? I <laughs> it is Gab, Gab Fest. Fest. She's the it MC. really is because you, you run the whole operation over it, there. It so how was that, like, dude? It did feel like Gab Fest because I was gabbing all day. Ten hours, <laughs> baby. Um, it was really awesome. Actually, we had Jose Ramirez for the... I don't know, not first time, but he doesn't always make an appearance, but it was nice to have the goat in the house, and uh, just a ton of people showed up. I think we're excited about baseball and just to see the guys and hear from them, and they were all on one. We, Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, Tristan McKenzie, who else was in my group? Uh, Tyler Freeman. Josh Naylor. I saw you're you're shuffling around uh you're shuffling around walk up songs. What was oh, up with yeah. that? The little side bets going with the guy? I don't know how it happened, but I just started we were playing a game, um, we played a little Pictionary, we also played the teammate game where you ask a question and then we see whose answers all look alike, you know, yeah. who has the messiest lock or who has the worst music taste, whatever. Um, and then that kind of evolved into, hey, what about a, a bet to see if anyone wants to change their walk-up song or maybe their hair? It started with uh, frosted tips. <laughs> because one of the questions was, who is the most likely to have frosted tips in grade school? We all mm. agreed it had to be Will, Willie B, Will Brennan, because, yeah, yeah. because he has the <laughs> curls on top. We're like, yeah. that's Justin Timberlake right there. Um, and then we got the rock, paper, scissors going with the audience members to see if he would get the frosted tips in real life. And then he he won. He embarrassed a little kid. Um, and then <laughs> and we just kept doing that. Miles Straw changed his walk-up song to Shania Twain. Um, nice. Yeah, he yeah. Is that official? And yeah, and we got to hold these we guys to this. To so it. that's why we're talking about it on the yeah, show. No. Is I'm like th these actually need to I'm be. I'm determined the to hold them to it. Tristan, T I feel like a woman. Is he going with that? Of course. Yes. That was the elected song choice. Wait. You can't. You can't have that. Lose that bet and have it not be that song. <laughs> um, Will Brennan, I think, had uh, 22. Taylor Swift, or no, it wasn't Will Brennan. Tyler Freeman. Taylor Swift's 22 Taylor Swift. song. Um, yeah, anyway, it was really fun. It got the crowd really going. I think people like to see them a little more humanized and see their personalities yeah. come out, so it was a yeah. good time. A lot of fun. All right, cool. And we're rubbing off on you, too, with with a little bit of the betting action going. Start, starting to bet along with I know. I was like, hey, how about a little... Uh... Side bet, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Change some of these walk-up songs here. That's, that's really cool. All right, well, we have a packed show. We are going to get you guys into our Lipton featured interview with former Browns running back coach Stump Mitchell. We're very excited to talk with him. We'll then get you guys into fill in the blank, get you some top Cleveland headlines um, around the world of football. Get some calves worked into there, too. Our Buckeyes have been hot, Chris, in that transfer portal. So we'll talk about all that and then wrap the show with our big play bets. As always, brought to you guys by Typico Sportsbook. Don't go anywhere. Stump Mitchell straight ahead. Welcome on back into the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Nick Padone. She's Gab Cruz. Chris McNeil with us as well. And it is time for our Lipton Tea Time with Stump Mitchell. Stump, what's going on? Glad to have you in here. Glad to be in here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. So I, I want to start there. Um, 
obviously, I don't know if you know how much of a legend you are on like Brown's Twitter. Um, people love the beard, the training camp pics that come out every year. You really are a legend in our Brown's community. Obviously, people in this town understand football to a little bit higher of a degree. I would say some some educated football fans, people know that you were uh, around the block, you know, and have proven yourself as a coach before you came here with Coach Freddie Kitchens to be our RB's coach. And I, I think the community really wants to just give you a thank you for all, all your hard work that you gave to our Browns this year. Well, I enjoyed being here the last five years. Uh, I think the Haslam's AB, Paul De, uh, the best Destro has done a heck of a job in terms of uh, just making this program so much better. I mean, they listen to the players in terms of uh, getting things that they felt they need. Uh, with COVID and everything, uh, the facility has turned over uh, everything the guys need in terms of uh, regen, uh, Katie and her crew, the strength and conditioning crew, Joe Sheehan and and all the trainers, I mean, everybody is moving the program in the right direction. And I just think uh, 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 Jimmy and D. Haslam has done one heck of a job. Uh, the city of Cleveland, the state of Ohio, very shortly is going to be very, very proud of this football team. How did you grow into the character that you are? Because you are such a character. You've got the expertise, but you've also got this distinguished look and persona about you. How long did it take you to evolve into this? Well, I guess it probably started before I even knew. Uh, Ace Parker, who was a scout for the Cardinals, he's, he was also a baseball player. He was also a football player. But uh, when I first got into uh, the Cardinals, I was drafted in, in the ninth round back in 81. Uh, John Omohandro, who was the head trainer, and Jim Shear, who was the assistant trainer, told me to never forget the name Ace Parker because if it wasn't for him, I would not be in the National Football League. And his deal was he just looked at players. He didn't care about their size, which I didn't have. He didn't care about their speed, which I didn't have. All he cared about was a person's ability to make plays. And because of that, I was fortunate enough to uh, play in the National Football League. And because of that, uh, I watched other players. And, of course, college is where I had to scout players. And then if they're in the NFL, look at them. And uh, I always just – uh, tried to get the best out of a player, and, and regardless of what anybody else thought about that player, it was uh, it was what, what I thought about him, and that's what I presented to a general manager or whoever may be in the scouting room during the course of a draft or even during the course of the year when we're looking to bring other, other people in. Speaking of players, what's it been like to coach a player like Nick Chubb? Just like Nick, quiet. All I had to do was identify what – what little weaknesses he had, and uh, I don't think he had many. Running routes was one. Oh man, I was I was excited about this training camp because he was fabulous. Probably the best route runner we had. He caught uh, a lot of balls during training camp. Won a lot of one-on-one -on -one matches during training camp. With Nick, all you had to do was just try to identify a weakness, and he would work on it. He was. After the first two games, a game and a half, he was averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, he had four receptions the first game. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a heck of a year. I, I told Nick during the summer, I think he should have over 80 receptions. And because he was so fantastic at running screens, I thought he could have been a 1,000, 1,000-yard guy. Uh, and this was the first year he had 
gone into the season as being the number one back in the league. Uh, and, you know, that's a, that's a task in itself when you're talking about McCaffrey. So it, it, he had gotten to that point, and unfortunately he got hurt. What's it like coaching different personalities? You mentioned Nick being a little more quiet. Do you change your approach, and if so, how? Absolutely. I mean, football is about a team sport, okay? It's a team game. And first of all, as, a, as an assistant coach, you need to be echoing what the head coach wants because when we leave that meeting room, that's what it's all about, okay? If you got a rule, then I'm going to try to get the players to uphold it. Now, if you don't make them uphold it, then that's one thing. But if we have a rule, I'm going to try to get the players to uphold it. And uh, it's a team. Individuality is not something I'm about. It's all, it's all about the team. And uh, every player I coach, for the most part, I think I was able to get the best out of that individual uh, if they wanted to be a part of the team. But if they was consistent at just being themselves, then there was nothing I could do. I mean, we may have confrontation, but if I'm not getting support on that confrontation, then I just back off and whatever they want to let go with, that's the way it is. You know, Stump, we were obviously pretty shocked and kind of dis disappointed, to be honest with you, to hear the news earlier last week that you weren't going to be returning with the Browns. What was that day like for you? And what we really want to know, what what's Stump's future hold? What, what are you thinking from here? Well, that day for me was, uh, Coach, if that's what you want to do, then I'm totally fine with it. I've been a head coach before at a much lesser degree, high school, at two HBCUs, Morgan State, Southern University. And I think uh, from administration on, the ADs and everyone to the owners, I think the thing you're always trying to do is move that program forward. Uh, it's business. It's nothing personal. It's business. So uh, I think right now we're at the point where uh, I've accomplished a lot of things here. They've accomplished a lot of things with me in here. Nick is not going to change. It doesn't matter who you bring in. He's a hard worker. Jerome Ford did a heck of a, heck of a job. He's not going to change. Now, I would be the first to say, I, I don't think I got all out of Kareem Hunt. That's just, it is what it is. Uh, I think Kareem has a lot more to give, but he have to change his mindset thinking that he's achieved everything. Because he had, Kareem is, is uh, I would say, a five-yard above yard per carry guy but he hadn't reached that yet because there's there's just some some minor things that he needs to do the future is still bright for Kareem I don't, I don't think anyone that have coached him uh has gotten all out of him and that's the one thing I I uh I hate because I see myself in that list too I I did not get all out of Kareem that Kareem has so the next coach that come in here I hope like hell First and foremost, he can get everything he – if Kareem is here, he could get everything he possibly can out of him because he's a, he's a phenomenal person. But uh, he's got a lot more to achieve. Now, of course, he was signed this year um, after the Nick Chubb injury. What was that like? What was that process like where Nick Chubb goes down and then Kareem Hunt comes into the fold for you? Well, it was the same because I, I had been with Kareem uh, for four years. The only thing uh, Kareem didn't have was, was – uh, training camp so yeah uh during the course of the week for the most part he didn't practice much because uh he had groin issues but he was able to play but it, it put put a little more work on jerome ford because 
he had to take a few more reps. But uh, Kareem did everything we possibly uh, he he could possibly do. Uh, when you look at his situation, people may look at the fact that this past season he he was less than four yards a carry, but Kareem for the most part was a situational guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we put him in. Uh, he, he was definitely going in when we got inside the five yard line. I was putting him in uh, because he's he's and a tough fantasy runner. owners. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a tough <laughs> yeah. runner. He's going to finish things off. Yeah, uh, he was a he was a third and short guy, uh, and he did a hell of a job doing that as well. So his average this year does not dictate uh, or indicate the type of football player he was for the, for this team. Now he can get out a little earlier. Uh, we drop a couple screens. That, that combination working with the quarterbacks, if, if we get out a little earlier uh, for screen practice, I think that would that would increase definitely. But How about Jerome Ford back there? What's the ceiling for him? Jerome Ford averaged over six yards a carry uh, when he was in Cincinnati, okay? The first game or the, the, second, the second game, unfortunately, in Pittsburgh when – uh, Nick got hurt. Jerome averaged 6.2 yards. That's who Jerome is. Okay, he's an explosive guy. He he can catch, he can run. Did a hell of a job of pass protecting. Uh, I'll never forget uh, the first play against the Texans. He knocked the crap out of nose tackle, uh, put him on his back, uh, got open for the check down, gained 11 yards for the for the first down. But uh, start the second quarter he was supposed to be coming over to the right to help our right tackle who got beat uh too quickly and jerome wasn't able to get over there in time enough and the guy disrupted the throw uh and uh it ended up being an interception later on in that in that drive but but guy worked extremely hard did a great job of pass blocking just a phenomenal guy uh just as quiet as nick you know, uh, sensitive a little bit. You have to know how, who you're coaching and how to coach these guys. Yeah, uh, Coach Hungham, uh, who was the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks when I first got in the league, uh, he said you got to know your players. He never wanted a player to be caught off guard. Never, ever wanted a player to be caught off guard because it will mess up their psychic and, and may take them out of the game. So I tried to provide those guys with all the information that they needed in terms of who was playing, when they were playing, and to always be ready because Kevin, at any particular point in time, would come up with a hell of a uh, suggestion of who he wanted in, what he wanted in, and nine times out of ten, the play was going to work. Just how good can the offense be when Chubb and Deshaun are healthy? Uh, I think it, I think it can be great, uh, but I think the offense uh, that we displayed with Joe is really – the offense that we can display with Deshaun. Deshaun is a passer, okay? Deshaun led the league one one year in in, in passing yards. Yeah. He don't have to be a runner. I mean, he's going to run because that's what he do. When he get in trouble, he makes big plays. But Deshaun is a passer as well. Yeah, uh, talking about Stefanski, talking about Deshaun, and because we, we saw that offense work so well with Joe Flacco, and I know all of you guys on the offensive side of the ball worked really closely together. Now we're hearing conversation in Cleveland that there's potential talk of Stefanski 
maybe giving up play calling. What What's kind of just your perception on that stump? Because I, I think at least for the three people here, I think we want to see Kevin continue to call plays just because we saw things work so well with Flacco. Listen, I would not, I would not give up play calling if, if I was Kevin. I think he's one of the best I've ever been around. Uh, but what he don't have to do, he can go back to calling plays like he called for Kirk Cousin, like he called for Joe Flacco. That's who Deshaun is. We, The Browns want to win so bad, they think they have to adjust to the players that they bring in. All the players want to do is know what you want, and I'll get it done from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Okay. That's what the, the quarterbacks they have there. Uh, Deshaun, he's got a, he's got a cannon. I mean, it was it was great watching uh, AVP work on his footwork and his mechanics and all of the all of those things are about uh, the quarterback being accurate. You know, so some of those things Deshaun didn't quite have down that uh, Alex Van Pelt and the, the Ashton Grant those guys. Uh, they work on the quarterback to to get better, and uh, during the during the spring, it was phenomenal. Uh, Marquise seeing the uh, the connection he and Deshaun had. Unfortunately, you know he had the blood clots in, in training camp and all of that stuff. But it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. So for I know Cleveland fans uh, sometimes they get irritated with 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 the plays that's being called, but I can assure Sometimes. you. Sometimes. Yeah, but I, I can assure you, I can assure you, uh, Kevin don't take that lightly. He studies his ass off. He understands the situations. And sometimes, uh, I mean, I, I I can see, for me, it's about the plays that the the running backs didn't make that, that uh, irritates me. We played Arizona, and um, we got a reverse – uh, for the uh, for Odell, and I mean this play is Kevin has already informed us of what's going to happen, what he want happen, what he want to happen, and we got this reverse called, and I mean it's set up big time, and we don't pitch the ball to Odell. Just, and that was that was my that's my back that's supposed to. Pitch the ball to Odell, and it's set up. What's perfect. that feeling in the moment when you, when your team doesn't execute? You practice it, you plan it, and everything else, and then one of your guys doesn't execute the way you want. Well, when you get back to the sideline, <laughs> that's a not that's not nice. I'm I'm not the nicest guy. I can imagine. I'm not the nicest guy when when that's set up so perfectly, and we yeah. don't do it. I can get a little. Out of hand. Oh yeah. I don't. I mean, it's not something. It's it. not something that that I I want to do. But right. it took me there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got to step aside. More of Stump Mitchell straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. More of the Big Play Cleveland Show right after this.
Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland show. We continue our conversation with former Browns running back coach Stump Mitchell. Stump, appreciate you stopping in here. Appreciate all the knowledge that you're giving us. A question that I had, too, is just your time in Cleveland, kind of rare for a position coach sometimes, is that you went through the Freddie Kitchens era when you, when you got here and then were retained when Kevin Stefanski took the reins. How much did you have to change going from Kitchens to Stefanski and just what was that process like? I didn't have to change any because I just I just coach. I mean, I coach the running backs. You tell me what you want done and I try to I try to get it accomplished. Uh and and I go beyond that. I I knew what every the strength and the weaknesses of of all our offensive linemen, which was quite a few. Uh Bill Callahan, uh Scott Peters, John DeCosta. Those guys did a heck of a job with that offensive line. An unbelievable job as to what they did this year. I mean, my deal was to inform the, the uh, running backs to know exactly, exactly where they were going need to need to be. Uh, and I'll, I'll forever uh, have a vision appear strong uh, getting ran over because I told him, at some point in time, this guy is going to need help to the inside. And I'm I'm not talking about chipping. I'm talking about you being a man to take him on. And you may get ran over, but don't worry about it. Joe is going to get the ball off. And that's exactly what happened. He got ran over. He came to the sideline. And I was happy as hell. I mean, I, I that's a in my book, that's a double, that's a double plus by Coach Callahan scoring system. That's a double plus. But but you have to understand who you're dealing with in terms of uh, the players that's that's doing a butt in terms of uh, blocking for you as a runner, and you also have to know there there few weaknesses as a as a pass blocker and and help them out because we're the safeties on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to pass protection. You think the Browns should maybe entertain the idea of bringing Joe Flacco back just because he's seen all of this stuff that you're talking about, you know, having Pierre go and help out. Maybe it could be someone that could help guide Deshaun along. Or do you think that that's probably out of the picture? I, I, uh, I don't, I don't um, know what they, they would do. I have no, no opinion on that. Yeah. My only opinion uh, was about running backs and, Sometimes I was a little. I'm not gonna say strong. Well, I'm gonna say uh, one one guy I I really thought could help this organization, and uh, respectfully, I always voice my opinion about that. Yeah, love that. Um, here's another fun question that I'm so glad our our show writer Dollar Dog Nick put in here: the Jacoby Brissett. QB sneaks of last year. Everybody fell in love with that because it was like an automatic two-yard game. You needed a first down, put Jacoby in. Was that a part of your job as run game coordinator or was a quarterback coach doing that? Who architected the Jacoby Brissett QB sneaks because that was just a thing of legend? No, I think I think John DeCosta, well, I know was over short yardage yeah. uh, this year and uh, Scott Peters was over uh, goal line, but for the most part, uh, Jacoby was a great sneak runner. Kevin knew that, so we always try to uh, 
put something in there for him to, to be successful at that. Yeah, it was always a lot of fun whenever that would happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you look at the Browns as they're constructed right now, what do you see as the potential? What are the big things that they need to answer, the big questions they need to answer this offseason going into next season? Well, unfortunately, tackles in this league, for every, everybody needs, needs tackles. You know, we, we were playing uh, with fourth and fifth string guys. Uh, and and uh, so offensive linemen definitely is something that, that every team is going to be fighting for. Uh, we had some injuries uh, at the linebacker position as well. But I know right now uh, Andrew, Dan, Sags, all of those guys, uh, they're, they're well aware of what we need. The only problem is that uh, a lot of teams had injuries this year. So a lot of teams are going to be looking for players. But I can assure you uh, – Cleveland is the place to be because they're they're constantly trying to move everything forward uh, for the players to make it a better a better place. I think they have one of the best uh, uh, training departments in in the National Football League. I mean, those guys do an outstanding job of taking care of the players. Uh, Katie. Uh, with her, with her uh, nutritionist group, they do a fantastic job, and of course, uh, strength and conditioning. I, I just think it's it's outstanding. Uh, those those guys, all of them do. Uh, Larry Jackson is the first guy, but Sean Halls, all those guys, Ken. I mean, all Dale, uh, all all of those guys, Evan, they they, Marcus, all of those guys who who ever been a part of uh the strength and conditioning program there uh just just did a, a fantastic job so how about talk about the fans a little bit what's oh it like God. coaching here in cleveland and now especially this last year where you got to see a little bit of a playoff run you got to see with the fans in attendance what the passion's like for you as a coach what do you hear on the sidelines what do you think you know on your off days when you see the media what are your thoughts about browns fans i think Browns fans uh, tend to aid in the fact that football now, it's a lot, it's analytical mm -hmm. for most teams. It is for us. You know, uh, if you don't gain, analytics says, if you don't gain six yards uh, on a run, there's really no need to, to run the ball. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, I've never heard it. A laid first out down like that. for me, I thought was ten yards. So you know, <laughs> I didn't really think you needed that. You got six, any chug back but, there. But analytical six plus analytics. That's what it is, and I think we have the best analytic analytical department in the National Football League. Uh, it's On just the opposite like, end, you've got the fans who are yelling in the stadium, right? So <laughs> sometimes that's great because the fans override analytics. And we run the ball. <laughs> so yes. there, yeah. there, there is just there is just no way with see that's that's one thing we didn't have Nick so yeah they didn't really know Jerome uh, Kareem when he was when he was in the game for the most part it was a it was a situational thing he did get in every third series for the most part but uh, so 
Kareem was going to score. He was going to get a first down. So the, the fans knew that. But just if you get on a course where you're just calling passes, the fans, they would let you hear it, and it would drop you down a notch from the analytical to the <laughs> sane part of, of it. The sane part. Yeah. So, so in your head, you're going, keep it up. Yeah. Louder. Chub, yeah. Chub, louder, chub, louder, yeah. chub, louder, chub, 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 chub. They made a big difference. They really did. Yeah. Awesome. Stump, we appreciate you stopping in here. It was a blast having you. Obviously, we appreciate you, your, your hard work and dedication to this team. Wait, before it's been we, a lot of fun. Before we wrap up, though, because I'm so interested in you, the person, just bring us back to you for a second. What are some of your passions outside of yeah. football? Yeah, what's and maybe next? Maybe even tell us how you got the name Stump, the nickname. I got the nickname Stump because I, I was playing football with uh, guys that were probably three or four years uh, older than I was. And uh I was a small guy. Uh, I love baseball. Get a, get a chance to go to some baseball games. Uh, I love just sports. I, I uh, first of all, I went to the Citadel, which is a military school. Yeah. And uh, I had to serve in the reserves during my off season when I in '81. I would go from January until probably July the fourth, uh, active. And then I would go with the Cardinals from that that point on. And I did that for the first four years. And then I was in the reserves for eight years after that. But uh, just hard work, that's, that's what I've always been about. Uh, people have always believed in me and told me I could play professional football when I was a small kid. So they believe that, I believe it. And that's that's what I try to do. I try to get guys to see beyond themselves and and believe that they can make it. Now it may not work out, but I think if you if you give it your all, uh, you got a chance to make it. Just like Dearness Johnson, he didn't make it here, but he he went on. He did well when he was here. He went on. He played a little bit here in Jacksonville, but he's still he's still making making some things happen. Absolutely. Real quick. Uh, any thoughts on any of the teams that are left in the playoffs? Are you following the playoffs at all right now with those four teams that are left? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be uh, – Todd Munkin is a hell of an offensive coordinator. Yeah. I really like him. Uh, unfortunately, he only had one stint here. But I think they're going to – I think they're going to do a, do a good job. Right now, Clowney, uh, the one thing Clowney did in this past, Clowney, he's always been a good run player. You know, you get paid for, for sacking the quarterback. I understand that. But he plays the run extremely well, and Kansas City runs the ball pretty dang good. I, I think it's going to be a, a heck of a game. I don't think the weather is going to have anything to do with it because both both of them are used to it. Uh, yeah, used to the weather. So, uh you got two dynamic quarterbacks. Yeah, it's just going to be one hell of a game. I, 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 of course, I would, I would like to see uh, the Ravens win because they're in our division. But uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great game. And we beat them this year. Yeah, yeah. we, we beat, beat the them. Champs. Right. Uh, the Niners and the Lions. Also it's going to be a good Niners. game. Yeah. But you know, they're going to be in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, they're playing a, a good defense. They're playing a uh, a good offense, playing one of the best players in in the league in 
in McCaffrey. I always thought he was uh, the top back coming out when he came out. Got in a little trouble for thinking that, but it's okay uh, with the Cardinals. But uh, he could do it all. When McCaffrey yeah. came out, he could return kickoffs. He could return punts. He was a hell of a running back in terms of with the ball in his hands, and he was a hell of a receiver when when uh, when you deploy him from the backfield or let him run routes from the backfield. So I coach thought he was the dream, best. Right? He was my dream as a running back coach. Yeah. You know, I th- I thought he could be a thousand thousand yard guy, and and he turned out to be that. Yeah. He's been really good. Coach, appreciate you hopping in here. We're going to jump into some fill in the blank. You're more than welcome to stick around if you want. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. More of the Big Play Cleveland Show straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Welcome on back into the Big Play Cleveland Show. Awesome stuff with Stump Mitchell, former Browns running back coach. Good interview, guys. It was fun. He's amazing. I'll tell you what. Very soft-spoken. I mean, you could tell he reflected well on that running backs group because it seemed like those type of, uh, you know, those personalities seem to really mesh very well. You look at Nick Chubb and the way he is, you know, um, you look at the way Jerome Ford is, and then you look at the way Stump Mitchell is and see how that worked. It'll be interesting to see now as we bring somebody else in new, whoever that might be, whether that person is going to be able to connect in that room the same way that Stump did. I really appreciate his underdog approach, too, given his story and his background and what he tries to bring to players, um, not just the best players, but the people on the cusp there that he's trying to get the best. It was also, it was kind of humble, too, and I know he didn't want to go there. You guys don't realize, like, Stump Mitchell is one of the Arizona Cardinals' all-time leading rushers. Like, very humble guy comes in here, you know, just talking about, you know, soft-spoken, talking about his backs. He didn't have size. He didn't have speed. Yeah, like, He didn't uh, didn't bring up any of his accolades. Yeah, Stump, you're kind of up there in the all-time leading rushers for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so he he has done quite all right for himself and, and really an awesome guy that we were lucky to have as a part of our Browns organization. And nice to hear, too, you know, all the great things that he said about the Browns because how many times have we heard you know coaches that get let go and then they do the media circuit and it's not the most nice lovey-dovey savory thing so really nice that Stump kind of came in here and, and a breath of fresh air for us all he's a cool class act guy you know he understands his business too yeah all right guys what do you say that we, I we keep this segment really short take another break so we catch up and then we hit some fill in the blank when we come back That's Ryan's true. that good with you all right more big play Cleveland right after this don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. I'm Gabrielle Cruz alongside Nick Padone and Chris McNeil. We got a little fill in the blank for you coming up, guys, now that we just heard from Stump. Um, I want the Browns' next OC to be, and maybe you could be a specific person or experience level, a trait about them. Let me go a specific person here. There's a lot of talk around this move being um, really started so that you could get somebody in here who is more aligned with Deshaun Watson. Now, it's interesting to hear Stump say that he doesn't necessarily need that, but I think organizationally, I think that's what they're looking for. So how about Tim Kelly? Oh! Tim Kelly, 37. He's a young guy. He's right now with Mike Vrabel being fired and gone from Tennessee. He's now available. Uh, He's had guys to work with like Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis. 
But in the past, he was with Deshaun Watson for five seasons, Deshaun's best seasons. So it would make sense to me if Tim Kelly would be brought in. Yeah, that's mine. This is officially a Tim Kelly program. What do you know? I, I He's definitely mine. When I heard that news about Alex Van Pelt and obviously Stump Mitchell, T.C. McCartney as well, one, it was a surprise to all of us, I think. I don't think anybody saw that playoff loss against the Texans and thought, okay, we're going to start firing offensive coaches. But when it happened and once you digested it all, yeah, it's a move that is to benefit Deshaun Watson. And I think in doing that, you got to go with someone that's familiar with him. There's going to be so much pressure on this 2024 season for the Browns to make it further than what they did this year. I'm, I'm This is a Tim Kelly show. I like it, Chris. All right, now that the Browns have been eliminated, my interest level in the playoffs is? Still high. I got my bets. I'm pulling for my bets. I don't really care about anything else. I go NFC. My sister kinda... got burned by Stefan Diggs. Oh, man, as did a lot of people. How about that drop, the 60-yard yeah. bomb drop from Stefan Diggs? Go NFC. I don't really care for the Ravens. The Chiefs being in there six consecutive years. The AFC Championship game really has turned into the Patrick Mahomes Invitational. I'll just pull for the NFC. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I've, I've been very interested, and I've been dialed into all of these games, even more so than I have in the past. And I don't know whether it's because the Browns are getting near the top, so you kind of know these teams a little bit. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses because we've seen the Browns play these teams or the fact that the storylines are just so good this year that I've been captivated by every game. But I've watched every second of them, and I continue – I expect to continue to watch it all the way through the Super Bowl. Okay, compared to the remaining four teams in the playoffs, the Browns are? A quarterback away. Yeah, that's what the Browns are, and they hope that they have that quarterback returning from his broken shoulder surgery. But when you look at some of these teams, the Buffalo Bills, for example, they didn't have the best start to the year. In fact, it was quite turbulent. They fired their offensive coordinator midseason. The Baltimore Ravens, they just went through what the Browns went through this year, a litany of injuries the last two seasons where they lost J.K. Dobbins. They lost so many key players, did Baltimore, but the play of Josh Allen, the play of Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, two guys that have won MVPs. That's what sets these top teams apart. And the Browns are still in that lower tier because we don't know what Deshaun Watson is. If Deshaun comes back and he's on that level of play, the Browns are right there in that Super Bowl mix. But if he's not, then it's kind of back to the drawing board. That's just is what it is. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the Bills firing their offensive coordinator halfway through the season, Ken Dorsey, also interviewing, interviewing for this job. Cleveland Browns right now. I say compared to the remaining four playoff teams, the Browns are close. If you throw a hula hoop around the four remaining teams, you're bound to hit the Browns on one side. I mean, we're right there. Like you said, we're a quarterback away. We're a few plays away. We saw this season, and we talk about it a lot, winning at the margin. We were able to win some games this year um, at the margin, which in the past we haven't always done that. We need to continue that and then build upon that success going into next year. You know, we've already seen some changes. Hopefully these all end up working out as we move on from guys like Stump Mitchell and we move to an offense that hopefully is more catered towards Deshaun Watson. Although, you know, whether it needs to be, it's still up for debate right now. Uh, but I think once he gets back in the fold, we need to see that Deshaun Watson of old. All right, let's switch gears with the Cavs a little bit. My expectation for the Cavs this season is? Well, right now they're sitting at the four seed, right? And I think going into the season we were saying they're right there in that 3-4, and they're right there, there. despite kind of like the Browns, a lot of injuries this season. You don't know what lineup you're going to roll out there. Darius Garland's still not back. 
Um, so I, I look for them to continue along this path, probably wind up at a four seed. I'm hoping they can get in the playoffs, maybe make a little bit of noise as they get healthier on the back end of this season. You know, they, they're on a nice stretch right now. They really are. They've blown out some teams that they should blow out, and they've looked really good in those games, and they've gotten some of these young guys a chance to play. So I, I'm, I'm really trending up on the Cavs as we come to the end of NFL season. Keep it going. Let them know. Let's wrap up with the Buckeyes. Getting a bunch of Alabama players in the portal is. Realized potential right there. NIL money. We've been talking about it down in Columbus. Are we finally going to open up the coffers? Are we finally going to go after some of this big-name talent? Because one of the things, once it became legal and it became allowed for them to use NIL money, uh, you'd think the Buckeyes would be the top Um in, in exploiting that fact, and now we're finally starting to see that with the Buckeyes. So good on them bringing in these guys. Yeah, great on them. And and definitely realize that potential to go there and nab those guys after Nick Saban left, and they capitalized on it. I think right now the Buckeyes are the team to bet to win the college football playoff next year. New 12-team expansion will make things interesting. They won the first time that they changed the college football playoff. Let's win again with the new 12-team format. I like Vulture the Buckeyes circling the Alabama program right now. I love it. I love it. Keep spending that cash, baby. All right. We are going to go to break and we are going to do a rapid fire. Big play, big bats. Don't go anywhere. More of the big play Cleveland show right after this. Alrighty, Big Play Bets on the Big Play Cleveland Show are always presented to you guys by Tipico Sportsbook. Download Tipico Sportsbook. When you do use promo code CLEVELAND100, you're going to get $100 of bets on us when you make your first $25 bet. The NFL playoffs, AFC, NFC championship games are here, ladies and gentlemen. Now is the time to download Tipico. We will start this thing off in Baltimore. You got to be 21 years or older. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're the Ravens. Our three and a half point favorites against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes goes on the road again. Chris, who do you like here? I like the Ravens. I think that they handled their business there with Houston and, uh, you know, made Houston look like the team that they, I think they are, which is a young team on the come, but not quite ready for the main stage. I think I saw Josh Allen for the Bills be able to run and move the ball down the field a little bit against the Chiefs. I expect Lamar Jackson to take that to the next level. I think the Ravens cover here. Yeah, Ravens or Chiefs? That's a toughie because I I would agree with you, Chris, but I'm also pulling for uh, Taylor Swift. So just to be devil's advocate, I'm going to have to go Chiefs on this one. Yeah, Swift and now Jason Kelsey up there as well. (laughs) Sometimes in the Swift seat suite, sometimes out of the Swift seat, out there with some of the fans drinking beers. Yeah. Shirtless, the whole whole thing. Legendary. I'm with Gab. Give me the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes, especially as an underdog. We'll wrap this thing up. 49ers, seven-point favorites in San Francisco against the Lions. Chris, I'll start this off. I'll go with San Fran. Lions have a tough time playing outside the friendly confines of Ford Field, I'll take San Francisco. 
And I'm going to go with San Francisco as well. We talked about Christian McCaffrey once again. You know, my heart's with Detroit, our 0-16 brothers in arms, but I'm sorry. I think the 49ers are going to win, and I think they're going to cover. Gab? Oh, I Lions, Lions. Yeah, there we had to do I'm one. I'm still with the heart. There's I'm our still, Lake Erie I still brothers. Wanna, I want to see them because uh, I think they could have done better even the game that we just saw. So I'm, I actually, not that they need to bounce back because they just got a W, but I need them to be a little bit more than they just were, and um, I, I'm pulling for them. Man, love it. What a what a show. What a bet segment flew by. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Big Play Cleveland show. Big thanks to Stump Mitchell. Yeah. What what an interview, huh? What a gentleman. Huh? What a gentleman. Appreciate him coming in here. Thank you guys to Tipico. Thanks to Garage Beer and Lipton Hard Tea. We'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Big Play Cleveland Show.